BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, and happy new year. Welcome back to We Met at Acme and welcome to 2021. Holy shit. I can't believe we're finally done with this piece of trash year that was 2020. All I can say is that I hope things will be better in 2021. If not, there's always 2022. But I hope that you had a nice little New Year's Eve situation. No matter what you did, if you were at home being safe, if you were with your pod, uh, your COVID pod, if you, you know, whatever you did, I hope that it was good and that it was meaningful to celebrate the fact that this year is fucking over. Finally, I'm so happy about that. Sorry about all the cursing. I'm just really excited that this year is has finally ended. And looking ahead to the new year. It's so crazy. We're we're in Florida right now and um, just feeling really lucky to have done this like one month relocation situation. I feel like it's so necessary and vitamin D is very crucial for my life. If you listen to the episode with um, the psychic, he was like, you need vitamin D to survive. And I think he's right on that one. So I'm going to get into some of your questions. And then we have a really great episode for you with Tanisha. She is just amazing, great energy, perfect energy for the start of the new year. And she's a dating coach and has wonderful advice on how to not feel just defeated and down on yourself with dating, especially like, you know, we're in the, like in the heart of the winter, it's really cold if you're, you know, in a place where it's cold and it's just tough. Like with COVID, it's, it's like, it's just exhausting, like having to figure out new ways to meet people. And so I think, and know that some of her advice will be really helpful to you. I'm going to answer some of your questions here and then we'll get straight into Tanisha. So somebody said how to not overthink about the next thing, example, engagement, et cetera, when you're dating for years. It's so hard. I think, um, you know, I have friends that are in this kind of gray area where they've been with their partner for a while and they hope that the engagement is coming, but they don't know for sure. And it's it's actually not talked about enough how uncomfortable it is for in a hetero situation when a woman is like waiting for the man to propose. It takes away all of our power as women and we literally just have to wait. And it's so annoying and it makes me understand why more women propose. 
like today because it's just so, oh, it's the worst thing. Like, why can't I have any control over this thing? Why can't I know when it's happening? Whatever. But I will say the old fashioned part of me is like, it's nice to not know. And I do want it to be a surprise, but it's hard not to overthink it. So I would say just be happy that you found your person and understand that marriage actually changes virtually nothing. Like it changes nothing. The only thing that changes is like maybe getting on each other's insurance, maybe combining your finances, but apparently you can get on each other's insurance if you're on a lease together. So I never knew that until recently. And nothing changes until you're, you know, you have kids until you're a mother or a father. Like that's when things really change and things actually start to affect your relationships. So I would just try to enjoy the moment and realize that there are so many people out there who aren't even close to like finding their person. And so you need to appreciate the fact that you're with someone that you even want to marry. Somebody said, can you share a little bit of a work day in your life? Yes. I feel like this is a question that's never been asked and I don't think it's interesting enough to share. And that's probably why no one has asked before, but I wake up and I work out. And then for example, um, if it's a Monday or Tuesday, I have to get things in order for the episode that's airing that Sunday. So I will record the solo, which is what you're listening to now. I will record the ads and I will not edit, but do notes on what needs to be edited and kind of do like an episode overview X, Y, and Z for our producer, Brian, who is wonderful and send everything to him, like upload everything in a Dropbox. Very boring. I also do social media for a few brands still. So I will, uh, for example, I have a client that is a food like restaurant thing. And for this client, I will create content, whether that's like going into where the restaurant is and taking photos safely, of course, and then strategizing them on a Google Doc. I'm so bored listening to this. So I'm sorry that you have to hear it. It's just not that interesting. And then, you know, I'll make breakfast, I'll make lunch later, and I will post polls like every day, go through all your messages and make sure that I can give you the advice that you need. I'll focus on our Patreon patrons because they are the ones that, you know, pay and support the podcast. If you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash we met at Acme and support. And then I'll just make sure that, you know, I'm creating enough content for our own Instagram and posting on other channels I have, like Don't Expect Salads. Anyway, that's really my day. I never find myself bored. I tend to be busy all day, somehow, some way. So I'm really grateful for that because as a Capricorn moon, busyness equals happiness. The other day, somebody asked me to post a story or multiple stories for bags that are amazing that are under $100. And of course, the first place I thought of was TradeZ because I'm obsessed with TradeZ. Basically, if you haven't already heard of TradeZ, it's an online resale marketplace where women can buy and sell luxury designer fashion, which is brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Chanel, Louboutin. And I actually found this adorable Gucci bag that I posted. I think it's in my highlights on my Instagram that you can find on there for under $100. You're saving up to 90% off retail prices. I mean, there's no reason 
not to go there right now. Also, if you still haven't gotten a gift for your loved one for the holidays, you can get on their website immediately and shop new and pre-loved designer handbags, accessories, shoes, and clothing. And you know, there's nothing fake on there. Everything is completely authenticated. Always going to get what you pay for or you get your money back. And I just ordered this amazing Ghani sweater and an Isabel Morant cardigan that I'm obsessed with that are so much more reasonable that they would have been if I had gotten them anywhere else. Tradesy also has new with tags, designer pieces and vintage treasures for way less than retail. Like when I ordered these things, they had the tags on them, which is so cool because now I know for sure that like they're very new and they also are clean and I just feel like super satisfied with them. So keep your style fresh and enjoy fair, simple, and stress-free returns as well at Tradesy. If you don't like it, you don't have to keep it. And if you're passionate about the planet and sustainability, which you better be, Tradesy lets you shop smarter while never sacrificing the style you want. You can buy and sell on Tradesy and extend the life cycle of luxury. Keep your fashion in your closets, not in landfills landfills. <laughs> what did I say? Landfills. So visit tradesy.com and save $50 on your purchase of $200 or more with the code ACME at checkout. That's T-R-A-D-E-S-Y.com. Tradesy.com. And when you use the code ACME at checkout, you will save on your purchase of $200 or more. So go get gifts for your loved ones or for yourself, because why not? Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. Is it a red flag if they accept you splitting the bill on date four? We talked about this in our episode with Erica and Molly, but I think that if they let you split, it shows that they're not into you. I think it could be a million different things, but that's just my opinion. Should you unfollow someone and remove them from your followers if they ghosted you? I think it's a little aggressive. I would say unfollow them, but don't like remove them from your followers. Just let them see you thriving without them. Why not? How many people should you be talking to at once? Hmm. New year, new you, probably three to five, if you can handle it. The only issue with talking to a lot of people at once is getting mixed up with what you've already told them. Like that's how I used to get caught. And it's, it's not good. Signs people usually ignore that a guy doesn't like you. That's such a good question. And I need to do a talk, 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 a TikTok on it. I would say they are inconsistent with texting They don't remember things that you've told them. They're just like, they're not consistent with asking you out. It boils down to if you're confused, they're not interested, I would say. How to be sly about not having sex on a first date when they initiate. I would just not put yourself in a position where they can initiate. I know that's easier said than done, but like no one's going to try to have sex with you if you're 
doing a puzzle together or maybe they will. I don't know. But just be like, yeah, no, I think it'd be like more fun if we wait, you know, don't say like, I'm not that kind of girl or some basic thing. Just be like, I feel like it'll be more fun to wait. Did you ever talk about marriage with your past partners? If so, how did it go? Like, yes and no. With my ex, I felt like when I brought up marriage, he like shivered and was weird about it. And that was a big red flag for me. And my therapist actually like was the one who was like, that's a huge, huge red flag. You need to be aware that it's not okay that he reacts like that. And you should be with someone who's so excited to marry you and so excited to be with you. And I think that's completely true and really good advice. And when you're in a place where you're ready to get married, you absolutely should be with someone who is very excited about it. Even if you're young and together, like they should also be really excited to spend their life with you. When you decide whether to date someone, is it based mostly on how you feel or if they check off the boxes? Well, it better be on how you feel. And we're going to talk about that in this episode that I'm about to show you because it's just checking off the boxes and having a checklist is the worst thing that you can do. It really is. And it's how you end up in a miserable marriage. Getting over feelings of not being worthy or good enough to marry into serious significant other's family. Well, you are good enough and you don't have to be the same as their family to be good enough. Oftentimes, somebody who's different from their partner's family actually enhances it much more. I remember when my uncle married my aunt years ago, she she passed away when I was in college, but she was definitely different than all of us. And she really pushed us to think differently and to be better and to you know, not carry on the same bullshit that we might have done. And I think that we all were so appreciative to have someone who was different like her in our family. And so I think you really have no idea how much your differences will really be appreciated. And last question, just because it's on the topic of of kind of what we talk about today, is not dating during Corona normal. Not dating during any time is normal. Don't ever feel like you have to date. If you are working on yourself, if you just want to take a break, like you're totally able to do that. And by the way, like it's often when we do that, that we actually end up finding someone because we're not so set on, oh my God, I need to find someone now. I need to get someone immediately. So I would say don't date if you don't want to date right now. There shouldn't be any pressure to do so. The only time, like if if I had a friend that wasn't dating and complaining about how they weren't finding anyone, then I'd be like, well, you're not going to find them by sitting in your house. But if you are happy being alone right now and with yourself and you're working on yourself, like you don't have to date right now. You, you can masturbate. And on that note, I'm excited to, for you to listen to this episode. So enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Tanisha Wood, who is a dating coach and a matchmaker. Hey, Tanisha. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing really well. I love your space and your lighting, by the way. It, Thank you. you. I just feel like you're like so bright and it's so <laughs> like, it's like, it's amazing. You're so lucky to have that like that little space. It's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I spend like part of the time in Puerto Rico, part in New York. So this is the the Puerto Rico setup. And 
whenever I'm down here, I feel the need to wear color. And then when I'm back in New York, I feel the need to wear black. So just going with the island vibes. (laughs) That sounds very aligned. I love that. So Tanisha, how old are you and where are you from? I am 36. I am originally from Jamaica, but I grew up in Minneapolis and most recently was in New York. Very cool. Very cool. And what is your current relationship status? I am in a relationship of three years, actually almost four. I love it. And how did you guys meet? So we actually met because he broke one of my general rules around dating, which is stay on the platform in which you meet people. So he saw me on Tinder. We actually didn't match on Tinder. So he Googled me and then found my Instagram (laughs) and then messaged me and said, you know, I super liked you on Tinder and uh, I never heard back. So here I am because my Tinder was pretty clear. It said like, you know, I I don't want to do a bunch of messaging back and forth. If we have a connection, ask me. And so he was like, I'm, I'm here to ask you out. And then I said no a couple of times because I was like, I actually wasn't in a good place for anything serious. So I was just like, no, he was super persistent and consistent. And then eventually we ended up going on a date. And then I was traveling for about two months right after we met for the first time. And then so we kept in contact literally every day. And then by the end of my trip, which was like two months later, I like kind of fell in love with him. And then I came home, we moved in together like a couple of weeks later. And that was Wait, oh my ago. God. That's so cute. I have so <laughs> many questions, so much to dissect there. So when you said that on your trip, you were like talking to him and fell in love, but that wasn't like you were physically together. No, we were not physically together. He, um, so I was going to a couple countries in Europe and then uh, Morocco and Iceland. And right before I left, we went on a date. And to be honest, on, on a date, I thought he's a, he's a cool guy. Right. But I'm not sure if it's like my person. And so I just, you know, went on my trip and wasn't even really thinking about it. And he said, well, before you leave, like, send me your itinerary. I might know people in places you're going. And, you know, sometimes how people say that, but this Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, let me know if you're you're ever in Paris, let me know. (laughs) And uh, he actually had a lot of friends in several places that I went to and his friends were so cool that I was like, maybe he's cool. So that really prompted us to start talking every day. And then again, I didn't want to like him just because of where I was at in life. And I eventually just sort of, I don't know, fell into him. And we talked every day. One time we had a nine hour conversation. And then that really was what sealed the deal was just that long conversation where we just talked about everything. Like it was not casual. (laughs) I love that it was like kind of a virtual, like emotional connection before it was a physical connection, because especially right now during the pandemic, like that gives people who are listening, who are single hope that like that connection can actually get established without being physical. And granted you had had that one date before, but still like the real bulk of your relationship was when you connected, when you were traveling, which is really cool. Yeah. And that's what I tell people right now is like taking the physical aspect out of it just sort of removes the layer of BS that doesn't always need to be there. And so with us, I didn't have any intention going into it, like, because I was so busy just traveling and sort of, you know, heading into a new career at that point, that it just wasn't on my radar. And I think because of that, I was truly able to just be myself and have really organic and deep conversations about real stuff with him. New year, new me, right? 
is that what everyone's saying now? If I see a caption with that, I'm going to lose it. That's so annoying. But it's really true. Like it is a new year and everyone's trying to like stay up on their wellness. I remember pre-COVID, like January was the busiest month at the gym and then everything and everybody falls off. But seriously, it's so important whether you're doing like dry January or whatever you're doing right now to feel good and healthy and like have a restart is so important. For me, my thing is Sakara. And I can't wait for my Sakara delivery because it's just the best like feeling to eat this food that actually makes you feel good and has like superfoods in it, which I literally didn't even know what they were until Sakara. My personal favorite superfood is goji berries and I'm obsessed with the Saqqara breakfast. It's a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Saqqara has ready-to-eat meals that are organic and plant-based, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. In addition to these meals, Saqqara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. To boost your results, you can try their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder, which is an all-natural remedy for bloat, weight gain, and fatigue. I personally love the detox teas and their probiotics. They keep me regular, which is so crucial, especially after not being so kind to my body. So right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash Acme. Check it out and have a good new year. Just a few questions. So we are really into astrology here on the podcast. So I have to ask, when is your birthday and when is his birthday? So mine is February 12th. I'm an Aquarius and his is January 7th. He's a Capricorn. I love that. I So my friend is a Capricorn and she just started dating an Aquarius and she's like, is that good for me? And I was like, yes, I actually think it's such a good match because it just feels so even to me, like just knowing a lot about the the signs. I feel like, you know, like you bring a lot as as an Aquarius, you bring a lot of like altruism and like being different and like marching to the beat of your own drum. And I feel like Capricorn like needs that because like they can technically be uptight sometimes or like very into like routines and stuff. So I feel like it's a good balance. For sure. Have yeah. you ever heard of um, the secret language? It. What is it? Maybe. So, so it's this website where you put in your birth dates and um, it literally reads you. Like it tells you about every aspect of your relationship, how you'll get along from like a work perspective, how you'll get along from a family perspective. Yes. And when we were talking, when I was traveling, he um, he did it and he sent it to me and he was like, oh, by the way, this is us. Here's here's things we need to watch out for. Here are like some possible issues that might come up, you know, based on how our signs interact. That's so funny because when you first said that, I was like, it sounds like the secret language of birthdays and the secret language of relationships, but I didn't know if it was the same thing. I literally have both of those books in here. And after I would go on a date with like, anyone or even before, because sometimes I would be a detective, I would look up my birthday and their birthday in the secret language of relationships. And that's so funny. And I love that he's like into that stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, well, he's super, he's very introspective, which is what I love about him. Like he's always trying to like figure out who he is and why. I love that. So I want to hear a little bit about like, what made you want to become a dating coach? I feel like sometimes you hear about like therapists who become therapists because they had their own issues that they needed to figure out. And like, they were like, maybe I could help someone else. Did you feel like you were like struggling in the dating world or the opposite that like you knew so much that you wanted to kind of share your wisdom? Well, when I first, um, so I grew up in Minneapolis, left Minneapolis, and then I went to San Francisco and I literally knew like nobody there. And so at that point I started online dating like for the first time. And this was like in 2012, 2011, before it was even really a thing. And I just met so many guys that like, they were cool. Some were cool. Some were nice. Some were not for me, but I really love the process of just being out with somebody new and trying to see if we match, trying to figure out what we had in common. And a lot of my friends didn't like dating. And I'm like, it's because you guys are doing it wrong. You're going into these dates. And keep in mind, we were in our mid twenties at the time. So different place than I am now. But, um, I was like, you're not, you're not getting the point of having fun with it. You're like taking it too seriously. You're judging on the wrong characteristics. And so I really started just sort of giving my friends advice and then, um, you know, had to talk myself also through some rough times. And then, um, four years ago, I was like, you know, I've been doing this enough. I've been doing it enough for a long time. So somebody needs to pay me. So I just sort of switched from a whole career of sales over to this. And, um, it was funny because I was listening to one of your podcasts. I think it was the one you had last week or the prior week, but you were giving advice about rejection. And, um, it made me think about the time that I had been rejected and I swore I would never get over it. Like I swore I was like heartbroken for life. And I remember that being one of the instances that really like led me to this where I'm like, you know what, this is, does get better. And it's certainly not the end of the road, but there does need to be a process for how to get through some of these things and ultimately like know your worth, discover your worth and find the person that matches with you based on that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that. Like it was such an organic thing for you that you were just like the go-to person in your group of friends. Cause I relate to that so much. Like I like, I didn't really know what I was talking about, but what I did know for sure. And, and I'm not a dating coach. I just, you know, give dating advice. But what I did know was that I was loving dating. Like everyone was hating it and I was having so much fun. And I was like, how is this possible that I am loving something that everyone hates? Like, obviously, you know, even though I'm not necessarily meeting my Prince Charming at the time or whatever, I was like really getting so much out of it and having so much fun and like never dreading a date and always kind of looking at it for like, what it was like, I'm either making a new friend or like meeting my soulmate or like nothing, you know, but like, at least it's a fun time getting to know someone. And maybe that's like the air sign in both of us. Like we have this curiosity just to know people. And I feel like that's like such a good, a good quality to have when you're dating. But like, what would your advice be to, you know, to people who are just sick and tired of dating and don't feel the same way and don't get excited by it, especially now during a pandemic, like they're just feeling defeated and they're like, obviously I'm meant to be alone forever. What would you say to someone like that? 
Yeah. I think generally when people feel like that, it's because they've put a lot of pressure on themselves to accomplish a certain thing. Maybe that's marriage. Maybe that's a relationship in a certain amount of time. And so essentially they have a mission. They're trying to get to the mission. And every time they go out on a date and and they're not meeting the right person, they like, they get down. Like they feel like, what's the point of this? Right. But if you really go into every interaction thinking, what can I get out of this? Like, what can I learn from this person? Like, no, they might not be my Prince Charming or the person I want to marry, but there is something to be learned here. Like, I can't tell you how many guys are just friends of mine now from a date. Like it was one date. It didn't go well date wise, or it wasn't a romantic date. I didn't feel like that romantic connection, but like so much more has been gained out of those friendships since then. And so I would really say if you need to take a break, so stop swiping. If you just feel like you're doing it aimlessly, uh, with no point, just stop swiping for a moment and really examine what it is that you want. Like, who are you and what do you want? And not a checklist. So not, you know, I need him to be five ten. I need him to work here, but what do you actually want to feel when you're engaging with this person? One of the things that I also didn't mention before was right before I met my boyfriend, I wrote a letter and this is something I have all my clients do. I wrote a letter to the universe and it was talking about what I wanted to feel when I was with the person I was supposed to be with. So it wasn't about like six pack, six foot, six figure, none of that. It was like, I want to like laugh. Like I want to, I want my stomach to hurt that badly because we're going to laugh together so much. Like I want somebody who is kind and who is generous and like is nice to the waiter at the restaurant. Like it was really specific about my needs. And literally shortly after that is when I met him. So I say all that to say like, keep your focus on your values and and what you want to feel when you're with this person. Like don't make it about superficial things. Yeah. I love that. I used to tell people to like kind of similarly to instead of writing a letter, but I think I like that more, I would say make a list for yourself. And I think it was an old therapist that told me to do this of like your wants versus your needs um, Mm -hmm. because they're very different and people don't realize it. So like, for example, like you need to laugh with your partner versus like you want someone who's British, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's totally different. And I feel like when people recognize like the thing that is most important to them is when they really actually find someone that is good for them. And like, it's funny because I think back on my past relationships and like similar to you, like I need to laugh. So I'm like, the people that I wasn't laughing with on like the first couple of dates, like it never worked out with. That's when you knew. Yeah, no, exactly. And you find that the picture you have in your head of, you know, your perfect woman doesn't fit that in a lot of ways, right? So I was talking to a client last week and she is obsessed with having a tall man. Like that has been her whole thing is just like, I must have a, a six foot man. I told her, well, only 14% of, of the world population of, of men are above six foot. So like, let's take out the married ones, the, the ones in the NBA, uh, you know, you're really like not left with much. So like right. really do open up your search she was on the tall side herself. So I, I understand it in some ways, but long story short, now she is with a man that is shorter than her that treats her better than any man that she had ever been with. So it's like, just open yourself up 
up. Like the things that you want aren't always the things that are best for you or that you need. Are you getting enough nutrients? Because I feel like I ask myself this every day. My diet is just not super vegetable heavy and it's always been a problem for me. So I feel like it's so important for me to supplement that with vitamins and not everyone is like this, but if you're similar to me or, you know, if you feel like your lifestyle, especially during the winter is just not as healthy as it could be. Care of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long-term. Also, not to mention, they have really cute little packets that have your name on them and a different quote every day to make you feel good, which is so cute and just love the personalization of it. All of Care-Up's products are formulated with good-for-you, clean ingredients that are backed by science. And they're super transparent about the sourcing behind each one of their products and the like what's in everything that you're getting. All you have to do is take a quick online quiz on their website. And it's just questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your health concerns about your wellness goals, etc., And then you get a personal tailored approach to your unique health needs, which is really amazing. They give you recommendations so that you can adjust your pack anytime you want. And it's just really important for me personally. I feel so much better when I'm taking my vitamins. What I'm taking is zinc for my digestion, um, ashwagandha for my fitness. I also love saying that word. Cranberry for my urinary tract health because that's so important. A multivitamin for my diet, magnesium for my sleep, which is so helpful. And it also helps my digestion and iron for my energy. I've always been kind of anemic. So the iron is really helpful for me. Again, I'm a huge, huge fan and they support the podcast. So I feel like you should support them and your overall health. You can get 50% off your first care of order if you go to takecareof.com and you enter code ACME50. So that's just takecareof.com and entering code ACME50 for 50% off your first order. Don't forget, it's takecareof.com and the code is ACME50. Enjoy. Everyone has such a stupid checklist. I mean, I know that I did. And I think it's like the people that I know who are the most unhappy are the ones that have the list and that like will not even consider a date with someone. Like they're no people. They're not yes people. And I think that you you have to be a yes person. And I really want to talk to you about... So you are launching slash might already have launched um, The Broom List, which yep. is such a cool name for some reason. I like imagine like a cupidy like witch on a broom for some <laughs> reason. But tell me what the broom list is and also what the black wedding tradition of jumping the broom is because I've never heard of that before. So the name jumping the broom or I'm sorry, the name the broom list comes from the tradition of jumping the broom. So when black people were enslaved, it wasn't legal for them to actually get married. And so they would kind of create their own celebrations. And so what they would do was all come together and to signify their union of marriage, 
they would jump over this broom. And so that tradition has really stayed within the Black community. At a lot of Black weddings, this is something that they do fairly frequently. And so it just, jumping the broom signifies we are now creating a union of, of love and marriage. And so that's why I called it the broom list. And what the broom list is, it's, um, it's a matchmaking service for successful Black professionals. So there is some criteria to get in. And the reason that I did this is because when I, like I said, like you were saying with your friends, all sort of having that frustration with dating when you were having fun with it. A big part of the frustration that I was noticing in my friend group is, well, I met this guy, but we have nothing in common. We have none of the same goals and he doesn't have the same drive that I do. And so foundationally, if you're thinking about a future with somebody that can really impede that. But when you come into the room list, it's pretty much like all the qualifications are there. You just have to worry about liking this person. Like, is there chemistry and do you like them? I love that. And so how do you kind of decide if two people are supposed to or or are like a good match? You know, what is... Because I feel like we've spoken to a couple different matchmakers on the podcast and everyone has different things that they use to figure that out. Like some people work with astrology, some people work with religion, some people just kind of like do it more off the cuff. Yeah. So one of the things things that I do at the broom list is I not only interview the actual client, right? So we talk a lot about who you are, what you want, what you're seeking, your past relationships, why they didn't work out. We get pretty deep on that. But additionally, I also talk to a friend or family member that you use as a reference. Um, and we do a tour of your home. So I really try to get a full view of a person, right? So when we first started, you were saying, Oh, like, I like, you know, what's going on here. I like your background. Like, you get a, an idea, a little bit better of an idea of who I am just by like seeing my, my surroundings in my home. So we're really looking at people from, you know, all angles, but the way I really decide, like, do these two people belong together is not necessarily by what they tell me they want. Right. <laughs> Cause like we said before, it's like what you want isn't always what you need. So I really think about like, what is this person's goals? So let's say their goal is to get married. Obviously I'm going to pair you with somebody that's on that same page, but more deeper, like, who are you at the core? Like, are you a person that needs to laugh? Like, are you a more serious person that needs somebody to bring that out of you? Right? Like, are you an introvert? Would you be better suited with an extrovert? And some people like, this is a, like, I don't, I don't necessarily know how to describe this, but like, I get a really good sense for people when I'm talking to them. I'm like, okay, they just told me that they need somebody that's like very serious, but they actually don't. Mm. So I would always mm. be like, okay, this person, just so you know, they're, they're a little, they're humorous. They're a little bit more silly. They're, they're, they're pretty laid back. I know that you're, you're strict, you're straightforward, but I would just want you to try going out on one date, right? Mm. Just see how you feel. So a lot of the times, like I push people, a lot of the times people will tell me, you know, that's not my type. And I get a feeling and a vibe. I'm like, I think it might be your type. And so a lot of it is, is me basically like getting a really good idea of who this person is. Like, I really do consider my clients to be friends after a while. Like, I feel like I ask so many questions and get to know them on such a level that I'm like, you're like a friend now. <laughs> I love that. And I also love, love, love the idea of talking to a friend of theirs because I feel like that's where you really get the information. Like, 
I could tell, I could sit here and be like, yeah, I'm so chill. Like I'm just the coolest. Like I'm just so relaxed and laid back. And then you get on the phone with my friend and they're like, oh my God, she is so type A, so uptight. Like she wants you to think she's chill. She's not, you know what I mean? It's like you get like the real deal. And then also seeing the space where they live, I feel like is very crucial because I feel like you don't want to set someone who has like a real, I mean, I don't know though, because you tell me, but like, I, I don't know if I'd want to set someone up who has like a really messy space with someone who's really clean and like OCD, like uh, things can get confusing then too. So I feel like just those two things are like so important. Um, so when you are working with clients, what would you say is like, maybe your top three dating tips? Like when you send them out on a date, are you like, okay, don't forget, don't sleep with them on the first date or like no more than three drinks, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, My number one rule is to just be open, right? So go in there with an open mind. Don't immediately judge a person just based on what they're wearing or just anything physical. Like give them a chance to have a conversation with you to get to know you. Like So number one, be open. I do have a rule about not sleeping with somebody in the first, on the first date or really on the first three. So that that's always a big one, but you know, not a lot of people break that. Like, I, I almost feel like that's something I don't need to say. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't happen that frequently. I think now we're sort of all at a point where we're exercising caution in that way, partly because of Corona, but partly I think once you get to the point where you're like, I want something more serious, people are a little bit more focused on, on getting to know the person. And the third rule I would say is just, you know, be yourself. Like, don't feel the need to put on something. Like, don't put on an air. Like, even if you, even if you're having a conversation and there's a disagreement, like still state who you are. Like, if it doesn't work out or if you don't agree with that person, they might not be for you and that's okay. But I think the worst thing that you could do is go into a situation trying to be something that you're not. And then you're stuck in that situation with a person that doesn't really actually know the real you. Yeah, that's great advice. Something that has come up on our podcast and Instagram recently, and then I want to ask some rapid fire poll questions, but something that has come up is the idea of being with somebody else whose parents have the same relationship status as your parents. So for example, if your parents are divorced, being with someone whose parents are also divorced, just in terms of like being able to relate to one another and understanding the fact that like, we have to go to my mom's, we got to go to my dad's, whatever it might be. Is that something that you believe in? And if so, is it it, like, do you ever take that into account or ask your clients what their parents' marital status is? Yeah, because I do, I do ask that because I think it is a big part of how we see relationships and a big part of our history. Like if our parents are divorced, we might go into things a little bit more cautious. Marriage might be something that we might not want as much as people whose parents are still married. So it really does feed into how they see relationship and the structure of relationships. So that is something I ask, but I don't think that it's necessary for your parents to have the same relationship status in order for you to be together. I think it certainly can present some challenges, you know, in my own personal relationship, you know, my boyfriend didn't grow up with his father. And so when he sees my interaction with my father, he's always like, that is amazing. And I love that. And like, you know, I want to be that sort of father. So I I do think that it can actually bring you together in that way. And it causes more conversations. Perhaps if 
you know, his parents were also together, we wouldn't have those sorts of conversations about, you know, how to raise children or, you know, what we want our home to be like, or what we want the future to look like in that way. So I I don't think it's necessarily um, can impede in any way, but I do think that there is room for, you know, conversation around it. Yeah, that's a great take. Okay, so we do these questions on our Instagram that are kind of like, sometimes they're red flag deal breaker, sometimes yes or no. Um, So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions here. Okay, let's see. You and your significant other live 10 blocks away and are together most days. You're back home for Thanksgiving and you guys haven't FaceTimed or talked on the phone once. Is that weird? Yes or no? Absolutely. Agreed. If you have the type of relationship where you see each other every day, you talk every day, and then all of a sudden you're not, that that's a sign that something is, is shifting and is wrong. Agreed. Is it weird? <laughs> this is a random one. Is it weird for your roommate's new significant other to buy groceries for themselves and keep them in your fridge? But no one else can eat it? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) So rude. Um, Okay, let's see. Is it weird or normal if you live with your partner to take a night or two a month, like one or two nights a month, sleeping in different rooms? I think that's absolutely fine. And I actually think it's necessary. Like, I think it's necessary to get those sorts of breaks from your partner, particularly right now, but in general, like I think that helps you to kind of keep your independence. Really? Okay. So I, so let's break this down for a second because I see that and I'm like, that's a red flag because when you're with someone that you live with, like technically this is someone that you, you know, hopefully want to spend the rest of your life with. And like you think about waking up to like waking up next to them every day. So if you're in different rooms, like a few times a month, like you're not waking up to them every day. And then it's also like, let's say, let's throw kids into the mix. Like, what does that look like to your kids that like you need a break from one another? Right. I don't know. I mean, it looks like life, right? Like anybody who is close to me in my life, I have needed a break from, you know, it could be my best friend, my mother, no matter who it is, I don't want to be around any one person 365 days of the year. I want to wake up with my boyfriend about 350 days of the year. And then <laughs> those other two weeks, like I, I want to do, you know, sort of my own thing sometimes. Like I'm very, um, I was an only child for about 10 years. And then my parents had my brother, but I'm very, so I'm a loner in that way. And when I don't have my alone time, like it, it shifts my attitude. Like I need that sort of just recharge of being by myself. So sometimes he'll fall asleep on the couch. Like, and that's awesome. Sometimes <laughs> like yeah. when I want him to come in the room, I'll just be like, Hey, can you like come in the bed? But like, it's nice to just have that break sometimes. And just that, that alone time. I guess if it, if there's no connotation, that's like, I need to get away from you or you're annoying me or, um, and it's more just like, I want my own bed tonight because I like sleep better. It's like, I want to stretch out. 
then it's one thing. But if it's like, I can't stand you, I need to be in another room, then like, obviously it's, it's not a great situation. Right. I mean, you don't want to get in like a situation, particularly if there's kids around where you're just sleeping in separate beds and you're living separate lives. Right. Like it's one thing to sort of start living your own life where it's like, Oh yeah, I, I go out by myself all the time now. And you sort of just become roommates versus just taking your space when you need it. Like, I think that's healthy. It's unhealthy, obviously to start to be in a relationship all on your own. <laughs> yeah, totally. If you're completely over your ex, you wouldn't feel any emotion when something pops up that they're in, like a story on Instagram, true or false? True. True. Mm, interesting. 100%. I, um, I'm, I'm really big. I'm still friends with all my exes and I have yet to feel anything at this point when I see them because I am over it. But there was a time like right after the relationship where I wasn't, where I'm like, I don't want to see your story. I don't want to see what's happening in your life right now. How does your partner feel about you being friends with your exes still? Oh, he's also friends with his exes. Like we have gone, um, we've gone on double dates with, yeah, like we went to DC last year. And I met his college girlfriend who I loved. I was like, oh my God, Mel is amazing. Like I I see why you two worked, but I also see why you didn't. But um, we went out with her and her husband and like, it was fun. And my, I threw him a 40th birthday party um, last year and I invited his ex because they're still friends. And, you know, I just, I look at it like this. If there's no feeling and if you're not, needing to hide things or be secretive about things and your partner is totally okay with that, then I think it's fine. I think the issue is when there starts to be like shady behavior, when it starts to be like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you were texting with your ex or, you know, Oh, I didn't know that you guys still talk this much or that you guys are still friends. But that was something that I was really upfront about initially was just like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm still good friends with my ex. Like here's what happened in this relationship. Um, Here's what I liked about him. Here's what I didn't. And I actually work pretty closely with one of my exes who my boyfriend is also like, he does business with. So again, you never know what can come out of romantic interactions. So like, don't just throw people to the side. I am shocked because that's literally all I do. Like, I cannot (laughs) think of my exes being in my life. Like I just, maybe that's just a me thing. And like the way that I had those relationships, but it's definitely something to think about. I think I'm going to ask some poll questions about it because I'm just like, I can't imagine. And like, yeah, no, no, no. I was just going to say, and I, and I feel like my boyfriend wouldn't want to be friends with Hicks, his ex either, but it's nothing like bad. It's just like, okay, that was part of your life. Now you move on, you know? Right. I mean, I think too, it depends on the reason for the breakup. So my exes that I am friends with, it was really, it was most of the breakups were a matter of, we just didn't work out. You know, maybe it was the timing, maybe it's you, maybe it's me, but there wasn't anything where it was like, oh my God, he cheated on me. I found him in bed with this, he lied. Like, so if I could still respect you as a person, like we can always be friends in my opinion, you know, but if you did something to me that was just like totally disrespecting me and showed horrible character on your part, like. I wouldn't want to be friends with you, much less in a relationship with you. But if we just broke up because like things just didn't work out, then I feel like there's no reason to, you know, throw that relationship away. Unless, of course, you and your partner can't see eye to eye on that. And then that's something to discuss. Right. Or like if if you then like realize after the fact that like your relationship was toxic in many ways or something like that, you know, then like you probably don't want to be their friend. Right. 
if you think about it, like, don't you feel like your exes make, like, they know you better than most people. Like, that's the thing. Like, even more than some of your closest friends, your exes have such a good idea of who you are because of the time you spent with them, because of how intimate the relationship is. And so I'm like, there's just this person floating out there in the world that just literally knows almost everything about me. And I just don't speak to them ever. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the way it goes. That's the name of the game. Okay. Is it normal to be intimidated by your significant other's success? No. How come? I think that um, your partner should be your biggest cheerleader. So a win for my partner is a win for me. I agree. How many times a week, and this is the last one, should you be seeing somebody that you've been on eight dates with? One to two times or, or more than two times? That you've been on eight dates with? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a set, there's a set number for that. I think that's one of those things that you discuss and you say, hey, um, you know, we've been seeing each other X amount of time and I like you, you know, where do you see this going? What do you want? Where are you at with it? So I think it's more of a time to sort of gauge the relationship and where it's going versus, you know, I don't think if you really like somebody and somebody really likes you, I don't think that there's too much. And I don't think that there's too little, but really the only time it's, it becomes an issue is when one person wants more or one person wants less and there's not discussions being had around it. Yeah. Well, Tanisha, this has been an amazing conversation. I love that we disagreed on certain things because that always makes for a good episode. And I would love if you could leave us with a quote or piece of advice. And then I would love if you could tell everyone where to find you. Yeah. Um, my motto is know you, be you, love you. Meaning know yourself, like know who you are, always be yourself. And the first step to getting anybody to love you is to love yourself. So, um, know you be, you love you. And, uh, I am on Instagram at Tanisha Wood, T E N N E S H A, or at my website, TanishaWood.com. Awesome. And you have a podcast as well. Yes, I do. I forgot to tell you about that. I have a podcast. It's called dating relationships and love. And so I have almost 200 episodes and we cover all things throughout the full spectrum of dating. So anything from, I'm just getting in a new relationship. How do I navigate it to, I am going through a divorce. You know, how do I navigate dating again um, for the second time around to um, I'm in an open relationship and you know, here's how that works. So a lot of different episodes across um, across the spectrum. So a lot of bingeable stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been great. 